Welcome back fight fans and welcome to this week's episode of the Ultimate MMA Podcast. I hope you're all well. We're going to be sinking our teeth into the world of MMA this week, talking referees, Bellator MMA and the UFC last week. I'm your host Jake Jones and I'm joined by a very exciting guest this week. He is one of the biggest stars across the UK and Irish MMA scene. He's the former Cage Warriors Welterweight Champion, the former Bama Lightweight Champion and the UFC uh, tried and tested MMA star, the one and only... Reese Skeletor McKee, how are things, mate? Yes, and good. That was a buzzing interview or interview that you gave me there. So thanks for that. It's always good to get a chat with you. Oh, mate, absolutely, definitely deserve it as well. How is life at the moment? Um, I think we we're just having a bit of catch up before then. Uh, you're still training at the moment. That's good to hear. Yeah, still training, doing what we can. Uh, you know, I think as as the whole nation and world is at the minute, our, our life's a bit up the left, but we have to keep doing what we can. And you know, life's good. Uh, you know, obviously. Obviously, it's a bit of adversity for us all, but, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. Absolutely, mate. What is the scene like in Northern Ireland at the moment? I mean, I know in the UK here, it's pretty much what we've been for. It's crazy to think that this time last year, me and you spoke, and it was kind of in this scenario, and now we're mm-hmm. nearly a year later and it's happening. Has there anything changed with Northern Ireland? Yeah, it's pretty grim, to be honest. It's, it's only really got tighter, and then, you know, it slackened off, and then we, we tightened the game. But in terms of, like, domestic MMA and stuff, you know, nothing's happened. And I think that's a, a part of the sport that's very worrying. Like, a lot of the amateur guys really haven't even had the chance to train the last 12 months and never been compete. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I, I feel like we've probably lost a lot of potential talent in the country. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely not good. Well, funny enough, Sean, um, who I host this podcast with from time to time, he, he's an amateur MMA fighter and he's literally been saying recently he just doesn't know what to do because there's just nothing on the amateur scene. There's no... Nothing he can do, no no fight he can get. So it's a shame that, as you said, we're probably going to be losing some some talent. And I think we've seen that across the board at the moment. There's a, obviously a lot of the UFC fighters have been released. Yourself amongst that, Bellator have released a lot of great UFC, um, UFC MMA talent, like UK based as well. Um, it's a real shame that's where the scene is at the moment. Uh, but that's something we're going to get into in the show. One thing, but. Besides MMA that I want to talk to you about, how is your car going? Because, mate, I love the look of that and I love the licence plate. <laughs> the car is going great. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the petrol pump says different. But, yeah, yeah. listen, I, I'm absolutely in love with my car. It was a present to myself, uh, from myself, uh, after <laughs> signing with the UFC. So, uh, the number plate, though, the number plate's been about... I actually had it on uh, a Volkswagen Passat first, uh, but the plate's good, so... Yeah. To make sure that anybody that hates me can know the right car to throw stones at. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'm sure that that's definitely something they're not going to want to do, mate. Because if you get out of that car, but mate, yeah, but as I said, I'm glad to. Mate, I'm glad to. It was a present to yourself. It's a good-looking car. Um, yeah, it's important. It's important to treat yourself too. Absolutely. Well, you treat yourself because 2020 was a roller coaster of the year for most, but for you, Reese, mate, you there were some serious changes. Um, Obviously, back in back in July, your dreams came true, and that video with you and Graham, I mean, talk us through what happened there. That was awesome. Yeah, very real video. Um, I was actually talking about it uh, with a friend today. The video, like, it's crazy. Like, it's something that I'll always have and it'll always stand by me. Um, you know, yeah, listen, a lot changed in, in, in a very brief FaceTime call, and um, yeah, like, it's hard to put into words how much changed. Um, it's, 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 it's very weird talking about it when it's when we're actually in the other end of the whole situation now so it's, it's kind of interesting but like one thing's for sure that like i can i can take them moments with me and, and hold them close to me if, um, until it happens again it was, it was a special moment and that's the best thing about the sport is that is 
obviously for you a special moment, but even for every MMA fan, I mean, I saw people just watching that and they're just they're goosebumps going, just seeing your reaction to it, mate. That is what this sport is about. And I'm so glad that obviously Graham, yourself, have all made that come true um, through sheer hard work. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, July 25th, I believe it was, you took the short notice fight with Kamzat. Um, and then to end the year, you took a uh, November 14th fight with Alex Morono. I mean, can you talk us through the year? Um, obviously, those fights didn't go your way. How did you take them losses? Um, what do you think necessarily went wrong? And in general, I mean, you seem very upbeat about it. And that's what I like to see, that that is you all over. Someone who yeah. who gets back and fights. Yeah, well, you know, with the, the Kamzat fight, you know, obviously it was it was in six days notice um you know not to make again i've said this many times not to make excuses but i, I we really hadn't wrestled in you know maybe six seven weeks so i was still prepared to take that fight uh, in my opinion uh, i knew it was a very heavy chance that he was going to come in and, and try and wrestle me and he done that that being said I, I knew after the fight i thought the ufc would write it off it was kind of like you know well you helped us we'll help you now your contract starts more or less. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I wasn't gutted about it again. I was still thrilled to sign with the UFC, and, and you know, I, I knew I had a, a good time ahead of me. And then, you know, very much it was it was get after it quick, get back to it. Um, so we took the Morano fight, got plenty of notice, and um, preparation wasn't ideal. Um, definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't bad. It just wasn't perfect. Again, very limited numbers. Very careful. Like you had to be very careful. Uh, I actually had a stint with COVID in the middle of it, which definitely didn't help. Mm. Um, you know, had the fight, had a fantastic fight, didn't perform the way I should. Uh, you know, but I, I have absolutely no excuses about the loss. You know, Murano done and stuck to the game plan, but I didn't do, and and that is why he won, and, and that's why what's happened. No, I, I I get that completely. I mean, as you said, you had a good fight. It wasn't it wasn't the best performance, but it wasn't necessarily. It's not that you weren't ready to be there. It just yes, exactly. the, the night didn't exactly. go your way. Um, but as I said, from what we've seen in the past, you're definitely ready for it. I mean, one of the the, the downfalls of the year was the release from the UFC. Mm-hmm. How, firstly, how did you take that? But one other thing I want to point out from the beginning, this would not have happened without COVID. Without the, the fact that, for me, the UFC have to obviously make cuts at the moment. I mean, I think they've cut something like 85 fighters. I, how do you feel about that situation? Sorry, my phone started ringing. Um, no worries, mate. Yeah, so you still hear me okay? Absolutely fine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically, uh, where were we? Sorry, this is for me off. No, no, it's not. Uh, so what I was just yeah, saying, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, nice. So, so, you know, I look at it with a pinch of salt that, you know, I, I don't believe I might, I, I believe I might not have been signed if it also wasn't for COVID, you know, so... Despite the COVID maybe being the the helper of me getting cut, I also don't know how much it would have would have happened. So you know, I can only take that as it is what it is uh, kind of approach. You know, and I think you know, I think I could beat myself up about it the rest of my career, but it definitely wouldn't help my my fight to get back there. No, absolutely not, mate. And you're still young. It's not like that was the last shot and 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 it's all gone wrong. Sorry, there. Yeah. Can you hear us, mate? Yeah, yeah, here you go. Uh, yeah, as I said, you are still young, mate. You've still got so much of your career ahead of you. So I, I'm glad that you say you don't take it to heart necessarily and, and you take it with a pinch of salt because there's so much more to come. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't, like, you know, I think I've talked about this a lot recently and I think a lot of people think, you know, it maybe sounds like I, I'm not too caring. So it definitely does sting. It definitely does 
you know, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but I think in perspective, I know I'm 25 and I know I'm in a great position moving forward. And, you know, I, w- I will be that guy. That, that's that's a fact. And as you said it well, like, I'm not out of that level. I just, the, the, the fights just didn't go well. Yeah. No, absolutely, mate. I mean, let's talk about what is next. I mean, I don't know if there's anything you can mention to us today, but have you got any, have you got a specific uh, fight that you are signed for now or... What is the situation? Uh, do you know which promotion you're going to be fighting under? Yeah, um, you know, I, I would presume it would be Cage Warriors. Um, you know, I've, I've had a chat with Graham, and you know, it's very much in my interest to go back to the UFC. Um, I'm not prepared to go fighting promotions for money or, or anything yep. like that just just yet. So at the minute, my whole focus, and I actually put a thing on Instagram last night, my focus is on getting better and developing and getting as ready for that entry to the UFC again. And, you know, I, I don't even feel I'm preparing for the next fight. I feel I'm preparing to level up. And, you know, I also don't want to fight during a COVID pandemic. Again, I, I trained for, for two fights during it uh, this year or last year. And it's, for me, coming in less than 100% isn't ideal. It's not perfect. It's not what I want. So, yeah, I, I, I'm playing the patient game right now. And, and again, it, it, will all, it will all make sense in the end. Yeah, well, I, I you mentioned a second about your um, Instagram stories. I'd seen one the other day because someone suggested to you about moving to Bellator, and I, I think your response was, "You could, but why would you? Why? why yeah. Why would you not? You, your dream was to get to the UFC. You, you did that, and that's what you're going to still maintain to do is, is get there exactly. and, and become the best best version of you can. And and I think that's as, as you said, you're 25. That mm-hmm. is without a doubt the future. Um, and also, there's a narrative with the cage warrior side of it. As I said, you have already built your name so, so much there mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. whatever fight you're going to get there is going to be incredible. Um, I, I noticed there, so you don't want to fight with the pandemic, so it's, it's unlikely to be um, on the trilogy, the next the next few events in March. Yeah, it'll definitely not be in March. Um, you know, it'll, it'll definitely not be there. Uh, yeah, listen, Cage Warriors is, I would imagine, again, unless there's any dramatic changes, it, it will be with Cage Warriors. Um mm. You know, but again, as of now, my own, like not the sound Jim McGregorish, but my only opponent is me, and you know, really, this the whole focus on is on development. I, I know a lot of people ask me questions, but who I want to fight, and like it's, it's literally couldn't be any less on my mind right now of of who or even where I fight, even though it will be cage warriors. No, I'm glad to hear that. Um, as you said, the what I guess the only question I could fire from that would you when you get your next fight with cage warriors main event i'm assuming would you would you like a belt or is there is there any particular fight you want there yeah i spoke with graham about this too and, and he told me you know there must be I, I don't really know what it is but i think there's two fights that are like semi-finals for the belt um you know but for me like it's again it's so far disattached from the title it's, it's I'm, I'm not saying i don't want it but i'm not chasing it i'm not playing mm-hmm. into this whole contender fight and then fight for the title if it happens it happens you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of development right now, and I'm going to use that word a lot over the next year to six six to six months to a year. I'm doing a lot of development. I'm doing a lot of growing. You know, you know, maybe it'll be in a different weight class. Maybe it'll be up the weight class. I don't really know. I, I I kind of look at it as if I'm going back to step one and just seeing how everything goes. Awesome, man. No, I'm glad to hear, and I, I'm glad when you mentioned there about going up a weight class because you used to fight a lightweight. Um, I remember you. Some, someone asked you this the other day as well if you'd go back down to lightweight, and you were saying you're already walking around much heavier than that anyway. Now you, th- yeah. it's not necessarily in your plan. 
Um, and in the past, we spoke about it, and you said you'd love to fight people like Adesanya and that, which is in the weight class above. So if that's something that that, that is yeah. your focus over the year, that's something that I think everyone's going to look forward to because there's no doubt that it's going to be an exciting rise for you. Um, yeah, I'd like you know, I'd sorry, like Karen. to do, I'd like, I'd like actually to do a trial cut. You know, um, I'd like to see how low I can go and how high I can go, and mm. and you know, I think there's a lot from trial and error. You learn a lot. Absolutely, man. And I mean, we've seen so many fighters do it, haven't we? We've seen, I mean, Cannonier. He thought was it? I think he's been one seventy up to heavyweight or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just insane. I, I saw a post the other day about who was it. I think it was Mighty Mouse, and it was connecting all the fighters he's fought all the way up to someone who's fought Muhammad Ali or something like that. Like, <laughs> I love them. I love them. That's so, what people do, <laughs> mate. So do I. But that, but that's that goes to show how much people can fluctuate in, in weight and end the different classes they can fight at. I think it was Barrow who was one of the key ones to move from about 135 <laughs> to 155, something like that. And yeah, I well, said, I actually started. I actually started my amateur career at 57 kilo. <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, my my debut fight was at fifty seven kilos. So um, you know, right now I've got I've done fifty seven to seventy seven. So uh, you know, the only way is up. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless I can make fifty five kilo, but I don't think so. <laughs> Mate, that is crazy. Well, one thing I did I, I mentioned to you uh, off of the podcast that we kind of wanted to speak about. Obviously, your first opponent in, in the UFC, Kamzat uh, Chemaev. So. One thing, he's got his matchup with Leon Edwards now, and he had been previous matchup with him, I think it was in about November time. Um, a big thing that I like to talk about with this is, Kamzat was most people's rising stars for last year, um, and I we put him as the ultimate MMA rising star as well. One thing that I believe with this fight though, I feel it might not be too much hype, but I think this fight, going out there and saying it, I don't think this fight should be made. I think there's a bit of a fast track here to the top. Um, I don't think we've ever seen fighters go from three fights in the UFC to the rank number three person. Being someone who's fought him, what do you think about... Um, what? Yeah, what's your opinion on the rise of Chimaev? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, Chimaev is... You know, he, he's done fantastic, but a lot of it you have to look at. Um, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop, drop shade on myself here. Um, he fought John Phillips, who wasn't uh, a grappler, um, you know, hammered him. He fought me in six days' notice. Uh, again, not an excuse, but, you know, he did that. Like, looking at, looking at it from not me, mm-hmm. and then he fought a guy, you know, he fought legit, a legit guy. I, I, don't, I, know, I know his name, but I can't pronounce Gerard it. Gerard Merchant. You know, yeah, yeah, he done well against him, fairness, in fairness. But to them, for his next fight to Leon Edwards, I'm just not, I don't know, I'm just not sure. I, I'm probably in the same opinion of you. Mm. Again, he has done fantastic. I just think, you know, a, a number 15 guy, a number 20 guy, and then possibly Leon Edwards. It could still even be too thin, but... Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Well, know. that's the thing is, this is... Anyway, the people he's for are unranked. Um, and, and I agree with the John Phillips thing. There was a stat about John Phillips. And I'm not saying... Because he, he got his name in the Welsh record machine because he, I think he's got something like 80 knockouts out of 22 wins or something. He, mm-hmm. He's a beast, but... It's well known. I think his takedown defense is one of the lowest in, in the UFC history. So, yeah. as, as as you mentioned, there, it's definitely not fighting a grappler and then fighting yourself on six days' notice. There, it's not saying that they're not impressive wins, but then mm. to be Mershaw in an impressive win, I still don't think warrants someone like Leon Edwards, who is on a yeah. what seven or eight fight win streak. Yeah, I know um, it's ridiculous when you say it out loud, isn't it? 
Well, exactly, and, and this is another thing is, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Edwards brothers. I think they're brilliant for the sport. Um, I think they bring character, and I think, obviously, their re I think their combined record is something crazy. Um, they are really, really solid. Yeah. I feel a little bit like they've done Leon Dirty with it. I feel totally, like... Totally agree. Yeah, it, to me, it just feels a little bit like, come on, like... I get maybe he's been a little bit hard to deal with over the year um, with, with signing fights, but then to give him, let's be honest, a decent prospect who's mm -hmm. not ranked and try and yeah. propel that person to third rank, I, I just feel a little bit like they're, they're casting Leon out because a, a year or two ago, Leon was the guy everyone was saying, why has he not got a title shot yet? Why is he, yeah. why is he on this I mean, win streak? You know, we're still kind of having we're still having that conversation with Leon, and now I think you know I think they've actually ranked Cam's out, which is kind of in my opinion a bit more crazy. Mm. Like he's ranked, I think he's ranked fifteen. Uh, you know, for, uh, for for someone who's only had one fight at welterweight, yes, kind of ridiculous. Um, but again, that's up to Leon Edwards to prove that he is you know just a, a whole different class. I I believe Leon Edwards will. Uh, you know, I don't I don't really have any emotional attachment to either of the guys and who wins. Um, but I do, I do, ha I do feel almost sorry for Leon Edwards and hope that he, he dominates the way he should. See, that would be my exact view on it, um, and and my prediction for it would be that I genuinely hope that I I do feel sorry for him because I I know Cam's up is going to be a tough fight, um, especially Starley brings if he can get him Leon down for three to five rounds, it's going to be mm -hmm. a tough if one he, to take on. Points. If he beats Leon Edwards, it's a hell of a statement. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, I don't think like that's a, that's a massive, you know, I'm not saying it's a massive potential to happen, but if that happened, it would be ridiculous, really, for what he's done. And I think everybody will, will support him moving forward if he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, as I said, I, I, I do think Chimaev is a very incredible, unique talent, and I think he's going to be a very, very, very good prospect for the sport, even now is. But I do feel... I feel like my heart is leaning over to Edwards only not not just because he's like a British fighter or anything like that, but for the fact that I genuinely think he deserves better than this, um, and yeah. I, and I really do think that he's he was so close to that title shot, and I just think maybe the way him and the UFC have handled have, their relationship has has actually affected this fight in opposed to um, what could have probably been a, a, a very different rise for Chimaev. Yeah, and yeah, I think uh, I would even like again totally different, but kind of similar. Like I, I need to make sure my next fight is as much to gain as there is to lose. Where I feel Leon Edwards should be in that same opinion. Where I, I think if he beats Shamayev, a lot of people will say, "Yeah, well, you were meant to beat him." And if he loses, you know, it 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 could potentially really set his career back. You know, so I think if I look at it from Leon Edwards' point of view. I don't even think he's smart tech in the fight. Well, I see. I agree with that because there's so so much to lose. But yeah. putting that out there, then, if Leon wins, do you think he gets the title shot? And if Chimaev wins, do you think they get a title shot? Well, see, this is it too. If Leon Edwards wins, d will they diminish his win by saying, "Yeah, but mm. you know, you were you were him, and he was him," um, you know? So again. Is there even that much to gain from beating him? That's that's the question. I'm not too sure. Um, does he get a title shot? I think he should have got a title shot anyway. So I'm going to say yes. Yep. Does Shamayev get one? I mean, surely not. But I mean, the way UFC are pushing him, it would also be a fantastic story. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, we've mentioned this a couple of times, but it's crazy when you actually put it into words that have we ever seen a person 
have four wins in the UFC and this fourth win leading him to a title shot. Um, yeah, you know, and I think UFC know are very aware of that type of conversation and are exactly. very aware of, of light and stuff like that that happens. So, you know, if I was a UFC and he wins, I'm, pump, I, I'm making him fight for the title for sure. Yeah, and the I mean, the only other person we can see doing that at the moment is uh, Chandler, just because yeah. obviously that first win. I, I actually do agree with Chandler getting the hooker matchup because... I feel like I don't feel like he deserves a title shot yet, but I do feel like obviously he made his name in Bellator. It was quite, a, it was a big bold move to come over. Um, yeah. So I think that fight made sense, but that might be the guy to break it. Cam's that might as well. Um, it's it's going to be interesting either way. Another controversial topic I wanted to go into: referees. So recently in uh, football, actually, Mike Dean, the referee, has received a lot of criticism for his recent refereeing, um, mainly in the Southampton matches. Um, for the controversial use of VAR, but he has now started receiving death threats. Um, so it's obviously been a massive thing of, God, this has got a bit out of order. Yeah. Now, MMA and referees is another huge topic that can lead to so, so much. I mean, even take Keith Peterson. Even he's got now this parody Twitter account all dedicated <laughs> to him. I mean, it is mental how it's much crazy. a referee can kind of influence the game. Um and how much people can react to it as well. What's your view on referees in the sport? Obviously, not the fact that they are essential to it, but how crucial their decision can be. And overall, what do you think about the, the criticism that they receive? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they they're in a, they're in a massive a massive role for a fight. As you said, they are essential, of course. You know they have some huge decisions to make, and unfortunately, the nature of refereeing is that you know you're not going to get rewarded when you make right decisions, but you'll get you'll get called on when you make the wrong ones, and that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, the problem is with refereeing at such a high level, like the UFC, if a fighter who's on you know maybe two fight losing skid, and the referee gives a wrong decision, which you know maybe influences the the fight result, that guy could get cut off. That so there's major stakes. Uh, that be you know, but it is the nature of the beast, and any of the referee that is it, or any referees that are referees at that level have only ever wanted it. So you know, mm. look at Mark Goddard, uh, you know, fantastic ref, probably one of the best in the world. Uh, takes tremendous amount of flack, but uh, he he knows that, and you know, he steps up and does it weekend weekend week out. I mean, I love I love the way you put that a second ago. The nature of the beast and. The fact that they will never get rewarded for doing the right for making yeah, the right call, never. and at the moment never. they make a wrong one. Um, I mean, there have been times in the past. Obviously, we have seen a, a decision change everything, and this is why I think it's a little bit more to the bone for me it, it, with MMA. Is because one loss can determine everything in MMA. In football, yep. one decision might the game might still end say three one to the team that the decision went against. Whereas in MMA, if a referee calls a fight early um, or or even worse, cause it too late. Um, it can change everything. Okay. I mean, recently, I don't know if you saw um, the girl from uh, one championship. Uh, what is her name? It's amazing that this has gone straight out of my head. Um, well, another one I'll talk about there for the opposite side of the scale, uh, one that was ended too, uh, too late. I mean, my big upset of last year was the Jai Herbert loss to Francisco Trinaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, mean, okay. yeah. Crazy. That was terrifying, and I think that that's their moments where maybe, as I said, football's different because it's not as influential. But I mean, in MMA, yeah. it can literally. In MMA, you have people like, you know, that could have been 
as traumatic as Jai Her- Herbert might never have fought again due to yeah. the, the late stoppage. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, maybe there has to be some, you know, free strike rule for referees, maybe, or, or you know, same way as if you drive too fast in the car, you get a goal in like a, a little awareness course. Maybe, you know, maybe referees should have like a referee awareness, you know. I think, you know, they do have to be held responsible when it's too late. And if it's too early, they also should have to, you know, maybe just state your reason why, or you know, I think I think that would be, yeah, a, a good form. Well, because one big thing that obviously came from that was the argument between Herb Dean and Dan Hardy, um, and Dana White then afterwards putting out a press conference basically saying, "If you call out one of my referees again, you will lose your job." And I know that wasn't directed at Dan, but it pretty much was in the sense that it was coming from that. Um, yeah. For me, it's it's straight in there because I think Dan does fantastic things for the sport, but I actually think that approach might have been wrong because I think Dan just showed care for the fighters and and I think, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Herb was doing it deliberately at all, but mm-hmm. you have to put some implications in. If, if a call like that is made, um, I mean, t- there's been quite a few times now where it's built up and, and you've kind of said week in, week out. We used to have a bit of a joke on the podcast. Uh, Chris Tyone went about three or four weeks each week he made quite a vital mistake and it's like if that happens four weeks in a row i mean there's got to be a stage where you look at that and go okay yeah like if you turn if you turn into your if you turn into your week job and and you know and you're making mistakes four out of five shifts like you best believe your manager is going to sit down with you and say what's happening so you know referee and again people's health on the line four ounce gloves and knockouts and consciousness choked out like it's much more serious so yeah they're, they're yeah they're, you know referees do do a fantastic job majority of the time but when they don't they should they should have a they should have that kind of work I, I totally agree i think that's a good way to handle it as well it's not reprimanded in the sense that they're going to be publicly ridiculed or that they that they lose the job but at least something where there's got to be a, a as, as you said a course or a, a a almost like a test just to say right just go through this again and then you get three chances with it um yeah the one that i was thinking about from last week was stamp fairtex uh the one championship fighter so she it's crazy to think her i mean her year's gone crazy from she was this fighter who was going to become the first kickboxing um mma and i think it was what's everyone maybe jiu-jitsu champion in, in one championship so she was going to be the first one to ever do that hold all three belts and now mm-hmm. since that she's lost all three um she lost her MMA record last week. I think she's now five and one. She was five and zero. Oh. Now it was literally four minutes fifty nine of round number three. So okay. she she got caught in a guillotine and it. She looks like she taps, but mm-hmm. then the, literally the moment the ref stops it, she stands up. She puts her arms up in the air because she thought it was the bell that went. Now yeah. it's it's a weird one because I'm not necessarily talking about the controversy between if Stamp did tap or not, yeah. but a call like that going from an undefeated record i mean that can change everything what do you yeah. think is there is there another way say with judges then that we can handle it so i know a lot of suggestions have been put in the past about scoring between rounds instead of at the end of it because i mean there's there's times where uh, i think it was a couple of about six months ago there was a fight and there was a guy who controlled the round for four minutes ten seconds on the ground and he lost one judge gave it a 30 27 to the other, other guy yeah, I think you know. I think, I think if anything, judges should pro should probably get more flagged than the referees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think individual. Yeah, that's a great point about them between rounds scoring. 
I think if, if, if everybody was accountable, it would definitely... But it's not that it would change things, but people, again, people should have to be accountable for what they see. No different to the referee should have to explain the, where, where he's seen the tap from or where he, or, you know, what he's seen. Um, you know, the referee should also say, well, I think he won this round because blah, blah, blah. You know, I think, I think Absolutely. everybody has to be accountable, you know, and, and, you know, if you're making wrong decisions, like, again, every five fights out of a hundred, that's five people you could uh, put their career in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, you should check out um, Ian McCall and I think Rich Franklin and a few others have made a thing called Descent the Senate, which at UFC events, they are basically they're, they're on Instagram marking it as well, as if okay. with maybe like 10 people, so there's, they're all putting it together and giving an overall verdict. And it's quite interesting to see the way the scores go because I usually find the scores are going much more the way you see across Twitter than actually what you see. Yeah. As in the people who have yeah. watched, fans who have watched the fight in opposed to the officials. Yeah, I I personally had an idea once of like where they should do like one hundred judges. Uh, you know, the more judges, the better. Obviously, all respectable and professional people, mm. and, and you know, I think they should score the fight. Obviously, imagine you had a hundred high quality judges, which I believe you could get for the likes of a UFC event. Even professional fighters, obviously non biased. You know, and and just even if there was four or five biased, there's still enough people where you're going to probably get the real result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even if it's not for the official event, even if it's just for research purposes, getting other judges out there who might not have to be at the event, but maybe they're watching it and they've been asked to voluntarily put their scorecard together, yeah, just do research for a few months and then you can actually start narrowing down where yeah, where these totally. results are going wrong. Totally, totally agree. And you know, I think the scoring system is foggy in MMA again. People are still trying to clinch a round by taking someone down for, for five seconds. It, it doesn't make sense. No. Well, I'm glad we got that topic out of the way. We're going to move on to another really interesting thing that's come come from today. It's like I really am buzzing to talk about. <laughs> the Bellator deal with the BBC. So Bellator have now signed a deal with BBC iPlayer. Obviously, they've, they've, in America, they've switched to Showtime. And they announced that today there was going to be a big announcement. And I mean, what a big dick move. Bellator signing with BBC. Yeah. What, what what's your view on this? Yeah, to you know, to sign with the BBC um, in the United Kingdom, or you know, it's massive. It's an absolute power move. Um, you know, I, I know in, in in the past when I have friends who fought in Bellator and and I wanted to watch him, it was always you know a, a serious challenge to watch him. So I'm hoping this makes it more accessible. If, if you know there is some good fights I'd like to watch, but you know, yeah, fantastic move. Well, you put it perfectly. I've, I mean, I'm a big fan of Bellator. I've been to a lot of their events, but the one thing that's always spoken about is how hard it was, how hard they made it for UK and Irish fans to watch it. Now, Irish Easy. fans are still, unfortunately, not going to get the deal, the deal they want, but I'm hoping this move pushes for that because this is massive for the UK MMA scene. Um, and I think it could be positive to everyone. Yes, obviously, for Bellator, it's huge, even people like Cage Warriors, it gets them on the map even more to, to mainstream mm -hmm. audiences. Um, as I said, this is a humongous move in MMA, and I'm really happy to see it. I'm just hoping, as you said, for the Irish fans as well, because Bellator have some brilliant Irish fighters. Yeah, um, it's quite uh, strange how that hasn't, it hasn't been addressed already. The likes of James Gallagher and Peter Quilly and, and Paul Redmond, like, you know, they're big, big names for Bellator. Exactly. Um, you know, why, why is it not more accessible? Um, well, another interesting thing about that, Liam McCourt, I mean, Leah is 
big yeah. and they're, they're pushing her she's presenting the shows and stuff like that interesting that they haven't necessarily addressed that i don't yeah. know what that situation is at the moment because david Green's the head of bellator europe so i'm not sure why he's not pushed for that but potentially that might be something that this might be with the bbc the test and the trial and then if this goes well and boosts bellator's reputation across across europe then we, we very well might see uh, the irish scene get get the deal they want as well Another yeah. interesting thing they've put out this week, the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Um, just want to get oh, your yeah. thoughts on that. I mean, I am so happy to see this as well because this was something I think a lot of fans, regardless if you're Bellator or UFC, cage or I think a lot of people wanted to see this made. Yeah, how can you not be excited? You know, I'm, I'm a fan of tournaments, um, especially when the boys are even bigger and, you know, it's a light heavyweight tournament. <laughs> it's, it's class. Or, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, I think I've seen they made the... The Rumble Johnson and yeah, yeah, I'm glad to see that's happening. So you know, I'd like to have seen that in the final some way, but you know, well, exactly. And I think this was a big debate that's been going on is is they couldn't risk not doing this now because which is why I like yeah, I like that approach. Uh, so do I. I mean, when this opportunity presents itself, you've got to take it because say Rumble did fight in the first round against someone who had like we've seen him struggle against people in the past like Cormier with that amazing wrestling ability yeah say he had taken on someone like that then potentially we don't see him get to the final we never see this matchup made and this was the I match also up. think they're waving to the UFC with making that matchup I think they're waving saying look who we have you know yeah um, yeah and I think I think in, in business I think that's that's a good move absolutely yeah let's be honest there's, there's there's been a new dynamic formed with the MMA scene at the moment with Cage Royce and the UFC are almost like partners now. Um, they're, they're, there's very much a good re working relationship together. Mm -hmm. Then you've got Bellator, who are very much, I would say, the rivals of the UFC. Um, yeah. There, there, there seems to be a lot more um, friction between them and even between the fans. People who are diehard UFC fans will talk a lot of shit about Bellator. Just, and, yeah. and I get it. Me, I'm not that because I just love MMA. I love watching it. I love watching any rising star, wherever they come from, whatever promotion they fight for, you just love to see it. But, as I said, the the, the rivalry is quite nice as well to have. There's always going to be rivalries. Um, it adds a bit of fire. It needs to be there. It needs to be there. And it leads to moments like them waving, them saying, hey, yeah. we've made this fight, you guys didn't. Yeah. Um, I, as yeah. I said, I think that was a brilliant, brilliant fight to make. Um I'm just looking forward to the light heavyweight Grand Prix and who who kind of progresses through it. Do you have any idea on who you think might might win it? You know, I think um, I, I do. I do like Yoel Romero. I do. I do think he's still a few years left in him. Uh, I think. I think he could be the man. Although it's it's, it's interesting. Like you got Machida still kind of floating around there. Yep. I don't think he's going to win it, but I definitely want to watch. You know, I'm probably more familiar with the UFC guys in terms of names. Um, you know, so I think off the basis of that, I'll, I'll pick the winner of Romero and Johnson to win the whole thing. I think I would go down a similar path to you. I think Romero is my favourite. I think mm -hmm. he's the top play for me just because we've seen him fight at such a top level. He hasn't always won, but he, he's got that ability that is just scary. The power he has um, and a former Olympic gold medalist. Like, There's a lot about him that is just phenomenal. The only other one, I do think Corey Anderson, if he plays the entire tournament right, he could be a very, very good fighter for them because in the UFC he was brilliant and he had actually said in the past, it's one thing I once more I like to bring up quite a lot, I remember him saying he went on a losing streak in the UFC because he started to fight 
to to entertain the fans. He started to swing. He started to try and go for a knockout in opposed to stick to his bread and butter, go for the wrestling game. The moment he addressed that, he I think he wasn't like a five fight win streak. Do you know what I mean like yeah. it's good that he had he, he he was able to realize he doesn't need to play to the fans. He just needs yeah, to definitely. win. Um, really so definitely. I I do think if he can do that, then he'll go through. But if he does come against some of these hard hitters and wants to try and make a statement, I think it could be an early night for him as well. So yeah, my overall, I mean, a lot of a lot of fighters are starting to talk about the guy. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was I was about to say my overall will be Romero there, but please fire away. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of fighters are starting to talk on us. Did you hear Bobby Green's speech? Um, yes. Spe- yeah, very interesting. You know, and, uh, just kind of you rung a bell and talked about Corey Anderson talking. Um, yeah, Bobby Green's was also interesting. Yeah, it was him saying that he, he's he's done talk about for title fights. And he's he's there to feed his family and that, and that was refreshing to see. Yeah, I, I I don't know why because you know it's not maybe not the mindset I have, but I think it is fantastic to hear that you know. Yeah. And even I heard Morano in his his post fight speech after me he said you know he's not looking for the title, he just looking to get as many fights as he can in the UFC. And, you know, you have to appreciate that. Yes, he's not ever going to be the, the title holder, but, you know, he's still having a good time. Absolutely. And, and and the main thing is, this is a job. This isn't this isn't stunts. This isn't doing it just for publicity. This is literally you guys earning a living. So mm-hmm. if, if that's the way you've got to go down it, then if, if that's the point you reach in your career, that's the point you reach in your, you reach in your career, and there's respect in there. Um, yeah. I, I said I do really like honest honesty with fighters. It's something I've always liked to see. I used to hate watching fighters who, who clearly either lost a round or, or got hurt, and they go, "No, I wasn't." You go, "Well, you clearly were." Um, yeah, I know, and, and you'll have a lot of fighters saying, exactly. you know, they're, they're ready for UFC when you know deep down, if, if Dana White called them, you know, they wouldn't even answer their phone. So yeah, uh, yeah, we need honest well, fighters. Interestingly, Richie Smullen had that, didn't he? He um he he did the uh. The Ultimate Fighter, and the moment his fight came up, he um, he, he he said he just crumbled. He just his nerves got to him. He started cramping up and stuff like that. So he, yeah, he, I remember he, watching that. I remember watching that, and they tried to blame it on cramps, but it was obvious he didn't want it. Yeah, <laughs> it, let's, let's be honest. That that's what it was. It, it, it he wasn't ready to go in there. Um, mm-hmm. Now Richie's obviously gone on to Bellator. And he's doing some good things there, but there is. As you said, there's a level of honesty you need to be with yourself before you. It's not. I mean, you, you've obviously felt it. Walking out under them bright lights and knowing that the, the world is watching you is is. It takes a lot. It really yeah, does. Big time, big time, big time. Listen, it's not for everyone, and you know, every before every fight, you know, whether it's cage war, UFC, or or a local show, you know, you always ask yourself, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, it's literally the question every single time, you know, Murano was no different to Kamzat, you know, Kamzat was no different to Hagen Foss, like, just yeah. all the same. Absolutely, mate. Um, let's talk about, uh, just moving on the show here, UFC last week, one massive thing, Corey Sandhagen, I mean, what, what? a shot. What the hell happened there? I mean, I the energy I show I was speaking to um, just before this, and they they'd sent me the screen, uh, the video of it. I woke up that morning just going, surely that's not just happened. Like, wow. I mean, and I think uh, yeah, I think I think it hurts a lot more people because it's Frankie Edgar, and I think <laughs> it might not ever get the respect it deserves because again, it was from Frankie Edgar. But yeah, what a shot. Yeah, poor Frankie. I mean, that is the one thing that's been going out there is. The, the hashtag poor Frankie. Um, <laughs> I I get that, and I get that he's a legend, and you never want to see that. I think it was uh, Ortega who was the first one to knock him out. I think 
and then yeah. obviously this so it has been a bit of a downhill slope and it's not great to see but for Corey Corey Santagen taking yeah, out someone like shot. well and I think he deserves it taking out someone yeah. like Marais and taking out um, Edgar is amazing in the fashions that he has and I think a lot of people I've seen a lot of people saying Aldermain subs him again in under a minute and I think well he may well do but surely he's proved that he deserves this um, yeah totally and totally. the one thing, uh, yeah the one thing I think with the Sand hate, uh, the the Sterling fight, Sterling played that perfectly. He literally mm-hmm. knew that he could beat him there, so he rushed in and he went for the takedown straight away. It wasn't a fe- it wasn't like three rounds of feeding each other out and then gets the sub. Literally went straight for it and and got him out there. I think it was under two minutes, maybe maybe even under a minute. It was yeah. it was quick. So yeah. as I said, people ruling it out. I, I do think there's a lot of people, a lot of so-called fans out there who don't actually necessarily appreciate the sport don't like it for combat or for fighting they like it because they love the toxicity they love oh, the totally. trolling um totally. but that that comes part and parcel uh Very one fun. final thing to talk about the ufc last week overeem is it done yeah i think so i think he's done enough he's earned his money he's got his legacy i think yeah i think enough's enough do you agree i totally agree i genuinely I really was rooting for Overeem. I really wanted to see him get one last shot and go for it. But in the fashion that he lost um, against, I think, level six, uh, level six, ranked six guy, I don't think, I think there's too much now to go for another title shot. And I think there's too much to risk. I think I think he could face another knockout, which could be potentially har- harmful. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're looking at another three wins, to, three to four wins to exactly. get a title shot. Like, it's just, I don't think it's feasible. That's what, probably two years, a year and a half. Yeah and that is exactly why I think that is uh, because it's two or three well sorry three to four fights it's just not I don't think it's necessarily achievable and I think the fights that you look at in that top five I don't think there is three to four wins there what do you think Uh, it's a bit off topic but Tom Aspinall and Arlovsky I was really surprised because I think that's a big push big step up um I think because he fought Jake Collier, didn't he? Just uh, yeah. in his debut, I think it was. I mean, great win. Mm-hmm. But Jake Collier was a guy who used to fight, I think, at middleweight or even mm-hmm. maybe lighter. And he was obviously a lot fitter back then. Now he, he had put on a lot of timber and he he wasn't in the best shape. And that was through injuries as well. It's not just it's, it's not just someone who's, who's out of it. It's someone who, who's been out for a long time due to quite a bad situation really um so Aspinall going in there and winning that great but then someone like Arlovsky um I think what they're trying to rely on I think they're trying to push Aspinall and I think what they want to do Aspinall's known for his knockout power and I think they want to try and do a bit of a Rosenstroke with that in the sense that try and get Arlovsky out there early but I think Arlovsky's a very tough fight we saw it with um who was it, it Tanabosa I thought that fight was going to go the other way and Arlovsky just proved he's still got it. You What's know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Aspinall. I'm, I'm, just going to, I'm going to think he runs through Arlovsky. And I know that's such a bold statement, but I'm going to bet on it because I've only ever been more impressed every time I see him. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm going to put a bet on it anyway. I think he's going to run through him. I mean, I, I'm, I could be getting this wrong. Who was Aspinall's last fight? It wasn't Collier, yeah. was it? I can't remember, but I was fighting on the same night. Yeah. No. Yeah, he I know was. we fought. Um, he, we did fight in the same night, but I don't know who he fought last. Yeah, because he. Yes, it wasn't his last. 
His fight that you were on was Jake Collier on the July 25th. And then, just checking it now, Alan Badeau was October the 10th. And that was the TKO with elbows and punches. And actually, I totally agree. I was very, very impressed. I remember watching it thinking, wow, that's... He looked, he looked very complete because against Collier, it was a 45-second knockout, um, yeah. which literally was, I think it was a knee to the gut and then just an overhand. Uh, I think it was a straight right that just took Collier out of there. Um, whereas against Bordeaux, we saw a bit more of his game. Yes, it was only a minute and a half, but it was definitely enough to say that, wow, he's... He's looking good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just have a gut feeling that he... Um, yeah, I think, I think he could be the champ too. I, I really do. Nice, bold bold claim. I like it though. <laughs> I, but you are right. If he wins this fight against Arlovsky, I mean, Arlovsky's such a legend of the sport. I mean, Arlovsky's been... Obviously, the former champion's been around a long time, but I think recently he's still fought some top people. So yeah, He's still there. He's still there. Yeah, he's on a two-fight win streak against Tanabosa and Felipe Linz. Uh, he lost to Rosenstreich, was three fights ago. So I'm not funny if you think about it. You think, well, that's quite impressive to say that Rosenstreich is now, what, third or fourth ranked? Um, and that was only three fights ago. So I don't think Aspinall's that far away from Definitely. getting in that top 15, getting that shot, really. 9-2 um, yeah. record, if you can go 10-2 with a win over someone like Olofsky and a knockout win. I think we could be seeing something very interesting over the next, I'd say, year and a bit for Aspinall. Um, yeah. There's always, unfortunately, you have to look at that and say, oh, like, when when is the next opportunity in opposed to, I want to get straight back in there, you've got to actually look and go, the next card that I can realistically get on is quite a while away. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that we do see something good from him. Uh, moving on to the UFC for next weekend. Your division, mate, Usman or Burns? What's your thoughts on UFC 258? Um, this, you know what? I love, I've loved watching these two fights. Now they're fighting each other. Um, I'm going to go with the champ just because he done it to Tyrone Woodley when nobody else could. Yep. You know, I, I don't know. I just think he's too dominant. I think the way he smashes people or dominates people, you know, I just don't think. I don't. I don't know. I. I it's one of them ones, and I always say this, and people hear it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Iverman won. Because obviously someone will win. But yeah, but this is this what, is top level MMA, so you can't. Yeah. Like people who don't like people saying that, it's like, well, tough luck. That is literally. It's like deciding between Manchester United or Man City. Like it's two big yeah. clubs, two yeah, big like, fighters here. It could be close, and it could go either way. Big time. My gut, my gut says there's been no fuck again. If Gilbert Burns come out and, and done it, I, I also wouldn't be that surprised. So my view on that is I'm going to go, I believe Usman will win it. I think that he is, I saw this crazy stat the other day. It was something to do with takedowns in the UFC, like the people who've got the most takedowns, but the actual control they've had in that time is very different. The only two who had something like over 90% control was Usman and Khabib. So it shows how good Khabib and Usman actually are at, at what they do. I think Usman will go in there and I think we've seen Burns in the past get not dominated wrestling, but um, definitely have a tough time. And I don't think we've ever seen Usman have a really tough time wrestling. My yeah. only thing is I do like the way Burns throws his strike sometimes. I think he's got and a bit gr- of an... And the grind games were dangerous. Yeah, he's got an explosive feel to him. Um, and I know obviously Masvidal had that and he wasn't able to beat Usman there. But I think if Burns comes in there with prime condition, um, I would like to see 
how I would like to see Usman's chin tested. Doesn't mean I want to see him yeah. get knocked out, but I would like to see Burns land a few of these very ferocious shots and mm-hmm. see if Usman can take it, or even if it doesn't drop him, see how he responds to being on the back foot. Yeah, I always like I always like the champion to be tested in adversity and, and see how they come out. I think you know even when I want Alessandra to win, I always want them to overcome something. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's part and parcel of the sport, and it's something that's so nice to see. Is it sometimes people I think when when there's such a dominant force, don't get me wrong, it's great because you just think they are so unique. But equally, it's it adds that feeling when you're watching it. There's no better feeling than having that adrenaline rushing through you, watching a fight, thinking, biting your nails and going, what is going on? One of the first times I felt that was, do you remember Cody Garbrandt versus Dom Cruz? Oh, yes. Oh, my God, mate. Literally, the whole fight, I was was up here, I was at like 4am, watching it, just thinking, this is just awesome. And I was was hot. Everything about me was just like, so focused in on this and just biting my nails. It's... A fantastic feeling. Um, I do hope we get to see something like that on a Saturday night. I will go for Usman though by decision. I think. Um, I, th- I think probably, probably a fifty forty five as well. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'd maybe go my scorecards a bit different. Maybe three to two rounds. I think it'll be a bit of a all to play for in the fifth. But I think Usman will will get it done. Well, I, I definitely hope it goes your way. Uh, besides mine, because <laughs> a close fight down to the last round would be awesome all yeah. to play for in the fifth round is always amazing to watch um yeah. it just reminds me of the days of gustafson jones oh, oh once more what a fight right <laughs> unfortunately that is all we have time for thanks for tuning in to us mma podcast make sure to like share and subscribe to us and be sure to tune in next week we'll have another hour of mma greatness i've been your host jake jones and i want to say a massive massive thank you to my co-host this week Reese McKee for joining me, making this episode amazing, and just being your usual awesome self, mate. It's been awesome having you, man. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Well, okay, thank you, fans. Be sure to let us know if you're back here for the podcast, and once more, make sure to tune in next week to the Ultimate MMA Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>